podcast. I'm Jenny and I'm Amy and we're face to face. I we're know. properly in person. We're in the same room. I have to say a big thank you to Dave Mundy, yeah. a friend of the podcast, <laughs> um, who has very kindly arranged um, a meeting room at the Unite headquarters for us today. Yes. Um, so that Which means that we can see each other yeah. really in real life. The thing I'm slightly concerned about is that we were talking about our journeys in earlier and yeah. I think our journeys in have not been that different oh, no. in length, yeah. <laughs> even though I've just come from South London. And, and I've come from the Midlands. <laughs> something slightly unfair about this, but hey-ho. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. We can yeah. actually poke each other. I know. It's really very exciting. And we have fancy equipment new equipment so hopefully we're coming to you in a very clear way with no irritating noises on our microphones apart from our voices saying that if but you're irritated by our voices this probably isn't the podcast for you no true you're going to be hearing <laughs> quite a lot of them from here on in sorry about that i can only apologize <laughs> Oh dear. So Amy, what are we looking at this week? So this week we're looking at stammering or disfluency um, in speech because, and the reason for this is, I came across this recently in practice and I did not have a clue. No. <laughs> Basically, I was like, oh, okay, I've never come across that before. And then I, th I thought, this seems silly. I should have come across this. I should know more about this. And yeah. I don't. Um and I literally don't remember anyone ever mentioning it. Don't remember it ever coming up in any anything no. ever before. Yeah. Um, so I was sort of floundering and I sort of had to say to the mum, look, I'm going to go away and I'm going to find out more about this. But, you know, don't worry about it. You know, we're going to don't panic. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And, you know, and we're going to try and tackle it together. It's absolutely fine to say, isn't it? And then that I is... went back to them with more information. Yeah, but... which is what we should do. Because, I mean, blimey, we are not. <laughs> Wikipedia, we do not have absolutely everything and anything to hand. Yeah, this is true. So um, I think that's really good, and yeah, we we do need to build. And I think by yeah, we do build trust by saying at times, being honest and saying. Actually, I, don't I don't know, know. but let's yeah. do this rather than actually sort of Trying falsely reassuring it. or blagging. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I thought it would be a good opportunity to do a podcast episode. Yeah, on it. fantastic. So that, a, I can learn about it, and also hopefully people out there who are as misinformed as me <laughs> um, can also find out about it as well. And if you're listening to this thinking, Amy, this is so obvious. Why did you not know it? All I can do is apologise mm -hmm. and tell you that I now know slightly more. <laughs> so would you be happy to tell us a bit about the child? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So without giving you any kind of obviously identifiers, um, but this is a little girl, three-year-old little girl, um, and no previous concerns with any health or development at all, really. No. Um, her development had been perfect, meeting all of her milestones. Her speech actually was fantastic and has always been fantastic. You wow. know, she spoke full sentences very early. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly developed this stammer that she was using quite quite frequently in the speech. Really, it was quite noticeable, yeah, yeah. you know, from an interaction with her. You could definitely notice it. Um, and obviously mum was quite worried about it. Yeah. Um, and she then, they, she came to me as the health minister saying, you know, what should I be doing about this? You know, does it need a referral or yeah. whatever? And I have to be really honest, I had no idea, to be perfectly honest. No, well, I'd never come across it before. And 
I was sort of like, okay. So I said, look, I'm going to go away and find out and I'm going to come back to you. But don't panic. It's going to be fine. We're going to deal with this together. Yeah. Um, you know, and to I sort of took that, that is, approach. Yeah, and I think that is something which we have to... I think mm. it's a tricky transition, is it, from um, hospital to community? Because mm. in hospital, hospital nursing, you are kind of used to that instantaneous... Yeah. Let me ask my colleague, you've immediately got a team of people around you, yeah. you can ask, yeah. you've got the doctors there yeah. and things, you can sort of be seen to be making big efforts yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. Whereas with community, I think part of the skill of the health visitor is actually being able, yeah, being confident to say to a parent, you've stumped me there, yeah. I don't know about <laughs> that, but I'm going to find out yeah. and I'm going to get back to yeah. you. And maybe even sometimes your know, common sense says, to do x y and yeah. z or this is similar to this thing but let me just double check the specifics yeah yeah and i think you're right that is how we kind of build trust and i'm i'm feeling more confident about it now after reflecting but when i first came out of the visit i thought oh my goodness i was really beating myself up you know like amy how can you not know this yeah, it must no. be really obvious yeah. um but then I thought, well, actually, do you know what? It's a good opportunity for a podcast. I'm going to go away <laughs> and learn about it. Obviously, not everyone may come out of visits going, that's a good opportunity for a podcast. Like, I think that might be unique to yeah, just me and you. You know what? If you do, please tell us. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, so yeah, so I was sort of um, reflecting that, I guess, the role of a health visitor, you can't possibly know everything. You know, we advise on everything that could impact a child's health or well-being on and that is such a huge range of things you know that's literally everything in their life yeah. and then actually it's their family's life as well so it's wider than that because anything that can impact on the parents health or well-being is then going to impact on the child so we're interested in in literally everything and with that broader spectrum you can't expect to have an encyclopedic knowledge no. of possibly everything that could ever no. come up. So in practice, what happens is you have somebody on your caseload with a specific issue, you go away and find out about more about it, and then you're more able to effectively support that family. And that's how we practice, and that's how you have to practice. You can't beat yeah. yourself up for not knowing everything no. in advance. No. Um, so what did you do? Where did you go to for research? What was your first port of call? NHS Choices was okay. my first, because I always start with that if there's a condition that I've not come across before. Um, they tend to have quite clear advice. And actually on this as well, it is really good, the advice. Yeah. Um, so this little girl, in my particular case, um, is not unusual in the sense that around one in 20 young children will apparently develop a stammer at some point yeah. in their language acquisition. Oh, right. And just looking at the NHS page, and it says two in every three people who stammer have a family history of stammering. Yes, yeah, which is also true of this case. Mum had a stammer, and I think that was one of the reasons why she was quite worried about it and anxious. And obviously yeah. I think that's a fairly understandable thing oh, if you've lived with a stammer. yeah. Um, and then your child develops one. And she actually said to me, you know, is it because she's copying me? Is she copying my way of speech? Oh, so mum still has... Yeah, has a stammer, stammer now as an adult. Wow. Um, so I think there's an added kind of emotional element of it there, which is like, you know, blaming yourself a little bit as a parent. Oh, is this something I've caused? And, you know, 
obviously I was able to reassure her that this isn't her fault, you know, and I think that's something we can all feel confident to be able to do is, is no adult's fault that a child no. is stammering, yeah. whatever the cause, whether it's genetic or um, developmental or whatever reason, um, there's no there's no reason to think that it would be the parent's fault. Um, so that's a reassuring thing that any health visitor can say right from the start, yes. obviously. Yeah. Um, and so I, I know you said about finding the British Stammering Association. Yeah, yeah, information. that's another yeah, really said good resource. They, they had some really good um, information. And did I see they've got a helpline as well, even for families? Oh, have they? Brilliant. Yes. Okay, yeah. that's good. So, and again, it's easy Googling. It is that thing where sometimes you do have to be so confident in kind of being able to just go right you know what let's look on google and things yeah and be able to have the skill of sifting what's a reliable source and what yeah. isn't um so yeah the british stammering association they have a website talking about stammering um which is actually an absolutely fantastic website and it's got loads of brilliant resources on there it's got an information page on basic information for parents of under fives who are stammering. It's got a leaflet stammering in preschool children, how parents can help. And then it's got a uh, BSA leaflet, um, does your young child stammer, um, which is really, really good. Yeah. So, And yeah, no, that, so I said they have a helpline, they do. It's 0208 Okay. So, and it's a confidential helpline that they can phone for advice or information. So even for the parents to mm. to call and to think. And I think it's really useful having a resource like this because we know therapies are under the cosh yeah. as much, if not in some areas, even more than health visiting yeah. and school nursing. Yeah. And so I think waiting times, waiting times for referrals are taking longer. Mm. So it's, it's good to be able to give the parents a few bits for their toolkit mm. of things that they can do to start helping definitely. to start supporting definitely and to just have that confidence as well and just means when they do get assessed yeah. then hopefully that then sort of that they may you know have strategies in place that the the speech and language therapist can reinforce yeah or to to tweak to yeah, to suit exactly. them better yeah and, things. and that's a really good source those information leaflets on how parents can help and things like that that's got lots of tips um, that health visitors can read then to pass on to parents yeah. or can even give them the leaflet or you know direct them to the resources on the website. Were there any particular top tips that you passed there on? There were, yeah. um, yes. So they've got quite a lot on there. Um, I think the general message is to show the child that you're interested in what they're saying. So giving them good eye contact when you're talking to them, allowing them plenty of time and space to talk. Um, you know, giving them quite a c clear time. And one of the things it suggests is making time, maybe a couple of minutes a day, where it's quiet, it's calm, it's yeah. peaceful. It's a nice environment just for you and your child, one-to-one, -one, and just listening to what they say, talking about what they're doing, rather than asking them loads of complicated questions yeah. or two-stage questions. Um, but just giving them that space to talk and allowing them to finish. So if they're stammering and that's slowing down their speech, trying not to seem impatient. Yes. Trying not yeah. to seem like you're rushing them. Which is so different. And I think we need to really offer parents really a lot of reassurance. Yeah. Actually, 
it is difficult and really that, hard. yeah we understand that there may be times when they they might not be able to do it, but to have that period of time a couple of times a day where yeah. they do really give that space and that time yeah um because i mean it's it's a funny one because i know both of my kids when they were a bit younger than three and that's right it's really interesting you said that the little girl was talking in full sentences mm, before. and then it's developed mm-hmm. because i know there are children who yeah my own children include around the two two and a half year mark when we're doing developmental reviews yeah who will have a little bit of a, a kind of disfluency and a little bit of a kind of repeating that word yeah. initially yeah because they they can't they're trying to Get work out. out yeah yeah it's yeah. that thing a bit like i did just now where the brain yeah. the brain to mouth <laughs> connection goes and your brain's there going hang on hang on the next <laughs> word's coming i know i want to say something and it's funny I mean, both my kids have been a bit later to speak and it yes, was that thing where okay. i think they already had that level of comprehension where they kind of knew what they wanted to say and it's the frustration and it's that frustration of right getting the words out but it was mm. a few weeks Mm. that this, mm. this went on for it wasn't a long-term yeah. thing by any stretch and i think a lot of these kind of tips are broadly tips that would apply to speech in general so they're things that it was not going to do any harm if you're giving this advice yeah. to somebody who doesn't have a stammer yeah or just generally to parents that are trying to encourage their child's speech is good advice to follow you know giving them space and I think what you were saying about it being difficult to watch your child doing it that is so true Mm. and you know even in this conversation with this little girl I was finding myself really feeling for it and wanting to guess what she was about to say and finish the sentence for her yeah I had to really restrain myself from doing that um and that is one of the things definitely don't do. Yeah. Don't leap in and finish the sentence because that can be really annoying if someone's, you know, you know yourself if, if someone's finishing yes. your sentences for you. It definitely. Is yeah. Um, That's only cute if it's in Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even then they don't quite get the sentences right in that song. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so trying to kind of give them plenty of time, make it very calm and not not putting pressure on them in their speech. That's the general gist. And it also says about, you know, making sure that you don't interrupt each other in the family. So giving everyone time to talk and turns, taking in turns to talk and your own speech regulating it. So if you naturally talk quite fast like I do, yep. actually <laughs> forcing yourself to slow down in how you're speaking and then that will then give the child the message that we're not in a rush here. Yes. Allowing a little pause before you're about to speak or after the end of your sentence. Yeah. Or before you answer your child, maybe after they've just said something, not leaping in immediately. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) It's giving them that little bit of extra space. Yes. And I think that's good advice just generally, but especially if there's a child who's got a stammer or a stutter. Definitely. um, You know, that's, that's a good thing to do. And guess I mean, there's a few resources more generally for more general um, speech problems as well. I mean, mm. um, I often use the Talking Point yes, website as well. Website, and yeah. if I was going through that the other day with a parent showing them the um, progress checker, there's a great section on there for parents mm. if they have concerns about speech and language and with pointers towards activities that they can do yes. with their child to help encourage Brilliant. speech and yeah. things. Um, and they're linked to ICANN, which is national charity around speech and Great. language. So I think the last thing in terms of tips, because I wanted to just briefly talk about what might cause yes. that, which I think is useful. But yeah. before we get on to that, 
the last tip that they sort of suggest is to be supportive and encouraging. And I think that's a general rule for parenting, just generally. Yes. This is, you know, specifically be supportive of the speech. So my instinct was this was actually wrong to ignore it. Yeah. And that's not the thing to do because then it becomes this unspoken thing that everybody knows about, but we don't talk about. So it's something to be ashamed of and something to hide. And what they say is, actually, if you feel comfortable or able to do it, just acknowledge the difficulty, but in a matter of fact way. So you're sort of saying, oh, sometimes it can be difficult to talk when you're just learning or, you know, talking about it like they've got bumpy speech or they're getting stuck when they talk. Yeah. Or ask them to come up with their own word. What does it feel like when you're trying to get those words out? And then they come up with a word for it and then you can use that label rather than calling it a stammer. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. Being quite supportive of it. Taking almost that ownership of it as well, that kind of... Yeah, Yeah. and I think that's a nice thing to do. Yeah. And then it's going to be a word that the child feels comfortable with and, you know, you're able to then use. Um, And it's sort of reassuring them, you know, in the same way that you would so they say respond to a speech difficulty in the same way you would with other difficulties that arise as they develop their skills so for example when they're first learning to walk and they trip over yeah you don't go oh my god no panic <laughs> yeah no. no do that again you know <laughs> you don't slow down you don't you, you say oh it's okay don't worry up you get you know yeah. let's carry on you know y- y- you don't y- you don't ignore the fact that they've tripped over but you also don't try and make it a huge deal you just no. sort of yeah reassure them and respond in a supportive way yeah so yeah i think that's that's generally the top tips and you know cool. I'm obviously you're not going to remember them all from this podcast <laughs> but go away and have a little look at yeah. the stammering.org we'll website link it in in the blurb yeah, to uh, yeah, yeah. the organization yeah. um and yeah and obviously as we say yeah we post this on we post links to this on facebook and twitter mm-hmm. and um you're welcome to comment or to on, yeah, on facebook yeah. or add tweet us yeah. and add your thoughts um and because it's really useful and then yeah it's that thing where for others who have listened to the podcast yeah, you, know, you can um, share the hive mind and things. Yeah, it's great. And uh, join in the chat. I always love it <laughs> when we do that. Um, so I guess we probably should have done this bit first if we'd really been planning it and thinking about it, like what causes a stammer. That should have been the beginning part rather than the end. Part. That probably should be yes. <laughs> no, now that we're Never wrapping mind. up, perfect. Go for it quickly. <laughs> So um, I think people worry about it and they think, well, what have I done to cause it? But there's no evidence there's anything that parents no. do that can cause um, a stammer. And essentially there's two different types. So you get a developmental stammer um, or an acquired or late onset stammer. So the developmental stammering is the most common one, one in 20 children. Um, and it occurs in early childhood when their speech and language skills are developing. So just as they're learning their speech yeah. and language, they get this developmental stammer. Yeah. Um, and the other side is an acquired or a late onset stammering. So it's quite rare usually as a result of a head injury or something like that um, um maybe a stroke um or certain drugs yeah medications and it's a it's an acquired thing to more of a long adult after yeah you've got the speech down yeah but you this then comes in as an adult thing um so obviously what we will be seeing as health visitors the vast majority of it is a developmental stammer yeah um so i mean it's hard to know what causes that 
but they do say that there's both developmental and inherited factors. So we know that, as I said, two in three um, children who have a stammer will have a relative who also has had a stammer yeah. or has had a stammer. So um, that plays a part. Um, and often they grow out of it, you know, as yes. with most developmental things, this is a, it's a stage of their development yeah. uh, that as they're learning speech, this happens. But then one of the tricky things with a lot of things with speech is that thing of you can't quite tell which, which are the are ones which. who are going to grow out of yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. And it doesn't matter for health visitors because you're always referring into a speech and language therapist. That is your absolute first yeah. line. Someone tells you there's a stammer, straight into SALT. Um, and in the meantime, you're going to give them the helpful tips and things like the stammering organisation. But the first thing you're going to do is refer to a speech and language therapist. Yeah. So it doesn't actually matter whether to you at that moment in terms of the action you take. No. Um, because it needs to be assessed anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing one of the things that is useful for the referral in is to know if it's particular sounds or words that they're getting stuck on I would guess yeah I guess so or particular situations where yeah. they are so if they're more anxious maybe or is it is it usually happening at the end of a sentence or mm. at the beginning or the end of a word or at the beginning of a word yeah or is it a mixture or what what's actually yeah. happening so trying to talk to the parent like you would about any issue yes yeah try and unpick what's actually yeah. happening um, and you know, is it happening more in certain environments cool. or whatever? But the, the theory behind it seems to be that they the, obviously, as you're learning to construct sentences, your brain's laying down kind of neural networks, yeah, and wiring to try and construct that sentence yes. and, and put it in the right order and the with the right rhythm and pauses and everything. Um, and what they say is that then these problems can occur if those those parts of the system aren't quite coordinated, aren't quite synced up and working together in the right I way. See. So that then causes this repetition and stoppage. Cool. So gradually then, as the child develops and yeah. the brain develops yeah. and those connections increase and strengthen and the use of them and, and all of that that yeah. we know as they fire together, wire together and all of that stuff, <laughs> as that all goes on, they can grow out of it, mm -hmm. you know, in that. Yeah. That's how that's what that is sort of explaining. Cool. Um so it's very much a developmental thing. Yeah. That most children do grow out of. Obviously some do go on to have stammers yeah. as, as adults. No, but it's just getting that initial support in place. Yeah. Uh, the right information to the right people yeah. at the right time. Yeah. And getting them um specialist support as soon yeah. as possible they say early intervention is yes. is key with it yeah so yeah getting that salt referral in um as quickly as you can and then giving them parents some basic skills like the ones we've talked about that they can do in the meantime while they're waiting for the referrals to come yeah. through brilliant so that's a general kind of i think it's a bit of a review overview yeah no fantastic any specific questions Give us a shout. Yeah, um, I thought I thought I thought you were suggesting I'd be able to answer. And then I'm like, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So we are on Facebook. Uh, I am a health visitor, and we're on Twitter at I am a HV, and you can always um, email us at I am a health visitor at gmail dot com. And until next time, we'll uh, see you then. Yeah. Bye. Bye.